All right, best hour of their day here with Matt O'Keefe. Matt, you've become infamous or famous. I don't really know the difference between those two worlds. Words in the in the CrossFit world, you know, in a very short period of time. I don't know if you remember our first interaction at regionals. What was it? What was the first year uh, Matt made it to? The- well, he was 2013, but I think I, my first uh, original was 2014. So that oh. was, yeah, it was in uh, at Reebok in in uh, Canton. Yeah, I remember you coming up to me. I was running the thing, and you're like, "Hey, we got a really good guy. He's gonna be good. Can we get some pictures?" And everybody's got a guy that's gonna be really good, right? Yeah. Turns out, turns out you were you were more accurate than most people. And I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. Take some pictures of this dude. You know." <laughs> few years later he's you know the best crossfitter ever so welcome to the show thanks jason thanks we have a awesome long history um i consider you a good friend and and it's great to spend some time catching up i i see the fittest poster behind you what'd you think of the movie i love it i you know i was lucky enough we were in london for the for sid matt he competed tia came um the boys were there heber mars and uh we all sat in a room and, and got to see it there to you know the, the athletes like to see it ahead and they all the boys will offer them an opportunity just to you know comment or if there's any concerns but uh it is awesome it really is it, it's um there's two things like we've been absent it for a year right that's like an annual um it's almost like Christmas for us, you know. We get to relive the last the season games, and uh, so we didn't have that the year prior with all the chaos. And so it was really cool to to see that and how they portrayed that, which I think they did a fantastic job. And um, you know, I, I obviously it's very personal for me, so I got to you know cry a little bit and get goosebumps and, and relive some of the past two years. Has there been a time where Matt or Tia or one of your other athletes has been like? cut that I don't like what I said I don't like you know has a woman been like I don't like how I look in that picture yeah I think you know it's not even that's not a, a exclusive to woman honestly it's, I, it's, um, <laughs> and you it, it's um yeah I think in a good way we it's like a you know we're a rising tide and, and we all work together so there it's um people like Heber and Marston are very cautious um know that we're all you know we're in that growth mode and they work with athletes so the answer is yes but i think people might receive that the wrong way like that's high maintenance it's um i think it's you know everybody knows we're growing growing fast and um you know you know people can take things different ways they do the their best to to make people uh look really good because we're all super close and we want to you know put everybody's best foot forward but sometimes yeah, some a way things are cut or whatever and can make it sound very different than what was intended to deliver. And it's nothing's intentional is the point. So it's always, you know, like, hey, you know, by the way, it's very rare that if ever I can think of that Heber and Marston have had to go back and edit something um, on their front. But yeah, photos all the time. Like, you know, I look chubby. That's guys, that's guys and girls, by the way, that's not a girl thing. Um, but you know, it's cool though, because that's where it's come. Like people are protecting their brands and, you know, want to put out quality content that that's valuable to people. So I I think there's two sides to it. Some people are going to look at it and be like, Oh, that's super high maintenance and annoying. Uh, it's, um, it, it is, it isn't really, it's cool. People are like really care about the stuff they put out. Yeah, considering most people retake their Instagram pictures a billion times, 
you know, to to want to have a picture change that's going to be on an iTunes movie and for millions to see, I don't think that's that big of a deal. And speaking of, it's downloaded and my wife and I have been watching one movie a day while on this quarantine and, and the fittest is tonight's movie. So I'm excited for that. Oh, good. You're going to enjoy. It's two I, hours of like, I sweat through it. It's funny. We talk, when we watched it in London, Heber and Marston had obviously put it together and had watched it a bunch before they do a lot of like observing as people are watching. And um, it's like the first time, I guess maybe because of where I sit, but in Matt would sit and Tia, I watched it with Tia individually and Matt individually in London. They wouldn't even watch it together because they sort of wanted to be able to like cry or be mad if they didn't like something, but you know, or like, you know, ask a question. So anyway, long and short of it is, uh, you know, when I first watched it, it was like this the whole time. It's like brings you right back because that was a riveting uh, event this year. You know, I mean, where I sit with Matt being on his coach's band, I got to kind of like re-ride the roller coaster. Yeah, I love when the movie comes out because throughout the games, you know, I get seen in bits and pieces while judging. So then the movie comes out and I get to relive it. You know, starting the day was released. I'm getting screenshots from my buddies like, there you are, there you are. So uh, I'm excited. Good. I'm excited. It's like fine, Jay. Now, obviously, with all going on, the sanctionals took a big hit. You know, and you're and you're a huge. How many sanctionals are is live and loud a part of these days? Um, we um, we own and operate five. So we have uh, uh, Waterpalooza, West Coast Classic, um, Madrid CrossFit Championship, Granite Games, and uh, the Mayan CrossFit Classic, which is in Mexico. I was, I was just thinking about this. We were at Wadapalooza, I mean, about a month ago. It's crazy what the world has been through. Like, you're, you're walking around, shaking hands, hugging people, sweaty, and then flash forward a few weeks later, we're quarantined. It's crazy. It is, it is, because, you know, we've talked quite a bit about that. I mean, I was uh, probably two weeks ago today, we postponed um, – uh, West Coast West Classic. Coast, right? So I was in Miami planning like the day prior, the Tuesday. Well, today's Tuesday. So this day, two weeks ago, we were like full bore ahead. The Wednesday we postponed. Um, but we That's how we know you're busy, by the way. That. That's how we know you're busy. Today's Wednesday. Oh, it is Wednesday. Okay. That's, so Wednesday. <laughs> that's why you are. That's why Matt O'Keefe is the busiest man in CrossFit. Oh man. I, sorry about that. Yeah. It's been a chaos. I will. We'll talk a little bit about it. I've, I don't think I've, I'm always busy working a lot. It hasn't been much busier than it's been in the last 10 days for some, because we're doing some cool, fun stuff. But the, um, we talked a little bit about Waza yesterday. Uh, I caught up with Matt. It came up and, and we talked, talked with the team a little bit, but man, cause it was such an awesome, like it, for, for us as a team, that thing came together. Like we've worked, I've been, you know, uh, in charge and, and, you know, a part of that team now for a couple of years, a little over two years. And, you know, it's been a lot of work to get where we're at. And, and uh, we were, you know, you know, what our brush and, you know, sort of how we wanted it to look and, you know, some of the, the behind the curtain changes had really started to take, you know, take course this year. And um, that it, it was an awesome event. And you were down there like that, you know, I mean, you saw how many people were there. I mean, it's a freight train movement. People are just loving to come down and, you know, spring break and sit, like you said, hug, sweat, and, you know, have a good time and party. But it's, um, man, I was so proud of that. And it wasn't even like, man, I podcasted like eight times. I was on other people's and we just, you know, I mean, good Lord, I talked to thousands of people. Not one even remote thought of, 
you know, this chaos coming our way and what it would look like. And, you know, at fast forward, you know, Sunday, one of our judges passed away. He was super healthy and judged at Wadapalooza and, and uh, lost his life on Sunday to, to coronavirus. So it's crazy that, that what, what, what 10 days even does, you know? Yeah, I saw that. It's, uh, you know, incredibly sad to see a member of the community. And I'm sure that has a lot to do with what we're going to talk about. But I just want to say, I've been to many competitions. I've been in all aspects from competing to judging to a sponsor. And Wadapalooza is by far, in my opinion, the best. I mean, you go to the games, go to Madison. But if I, I you know, I, I hate to say it because I'm involved with Crosser, but I've been over Wadapalooza right up there with the games because it's just the games is great. You got the elite, but what's great about Wadapalooza is you got the, the elite and then you got your buddies and it's just beautiful out. There's water. You guys are running it. Dylan, a good friend for a long time, does a phenomenal yeah. job. His sister, Brittany this year was super helpful. I mean, your crew there is great. Obviously Danny from Seoul, all you guys do a, do a phenomenal job. And I look forward to going every year. So yeah. if you've yeah, not I been, think. hopefully this time next year, it's all, this is all behind us and we're good. How can you, I've not spoken to anybody about making those decisions to postpone. How did you actually make that decision? Yeah, it hasn't, you know, I think people, you know, and I've got a lot of great messages, text support. <clears throat> um, you know, it, it hasn't been hard to make the decisions because we've just sort of dealt with the facts and tried to be super safe. You know, uh, if you go back to the West coast classic decision, cause I think we were, in the middle of that with the, the Atlas games really kind of at, at the, the height of it, this thing, you know, snowballing into some chaos over here and really, uh, you know, all of us in Canada and the United States, at least starting to think like we're going to be locked down for a bit. Um, but, you know, at the time, it's really interesting that the two weeks ago today, all we were doing was what data do we have? And then talk to the CDC, look at what the, the WHO World Health Organization saying and then make a call and talk to the venue. And um, even as, as, as uh, you know, late in the game as Tuesday was comparative to our start, which was about 10 days from then, we we're like, damn, like not, we literally had like one person and they were from Spain asked for their tickets back, money back, you know, of thousands of tickets we had sold. We had five volunteers of like, 600 volunteers say, I, I don't want to come. I'm worried about this. Um, we had one brand of like a hundred, I think there was between 95 and hundred brands coming that said, I can't come or I, you know, I don't, it wasn't even, I don't want to come. It was wit from London. And it was because the Europe had like a, another level of chaos already. And they're like, Hey, it's just irresponsible for us to bring our entire team there. What if we get stuck in the United States and then can't run the business? So, you know, we, we have this, and then the venues like charge, like the States on board, like you guys are good. And we're sitting here going, geez. And the CDC is like, Hey, it's fine. Just, you know, wash your hands. Yeah. And at that point, it's so interesting. I think that was two weeks ago. So we were like, what, what, like, the, like we have to do this, you know, and no matter if there's heat, at least we can get the message out that this is fact based anyway. People received it really well. And, what, you know, you know this community. It's resilient. Like, you know, I was telling somebody in an interview back that time, like, hey, you know, if a CrossFitter would probably look at this thing like, hey, give me some of it so I can rub it in my cut. You know, like, that's kind of how the, the people are wired in our space, you know. 
Um, you know, and obviously at the time it was like the perception was, you know, if you're under 50, you're bulletproof on this thing. That's not true now, as we see. I mean, you know, uh, Giancarlo was 41. Um, there's a case in Massachusetts of a 25-year-old uh, that's probably going to pass today. Uh, there's nothing they can do about it. So, like, the, it's the young people are not immune. But, um, yeah, it hasn't been um, – that was not a hard decision because it changed really quickly, and it looked like, you know what, we're just not – you know, we don't know, A, what the next week looks like, and it, it's getting progressively, drastically worse every, like, hour. But really, every 12 hours, it's like a whole you, – you've got to remember two weeks ago, it was like a whole new level of chaos – every 12 to 24 hours so we're just like pull the plug like let's just push this thing out do the right thing so many people want to come and see this uh we if anything the positive silver lining is especially for a team like like mine and ours is that if you give us some more runway we'll just make it better um so we pushed it off and then you know each decision along the way like madrid we've postponed granite games we will postpone uh, by the time this is out um, today. So, um, you know, you'll hear that. Um, and then Mexico, we are working with the venue on what an alternate date might look like. I mean, that's the 4th of July weekend, 3rd to the 5th. We're going to leave it there for now. Um, because, you know, quite frankly, if if there's some light the next two weeks to three weeks, it's it's reasonable to say we could run an event the beginning of July. But I'm not optimistic or you know even really thinking about what the next two three weeks look like i think we just need to sort of take it as it comes but if there's some sort of light and you know what we do as a um as a country uh you know or a continent at that point you know um is effective from mitigating the the spread and we can do things in the beginning of july we'll run it you know and i think we'll try to get granite games in july and you know, we'll just kind of take it piece by piece, but it's hard. But, you know, quite frankly, at this point, it's like, we, those are cool platforms, it, you know, especially when you talk about our Granite Games as a nine-year-old property like that, that people, there's a community there that is as deep rooted as Waza, as the games, as CrossFit. It's an extension, right? Those people, um, it's really important that we have runways so that people can prepare because that's, you know, the Boston marathon for most of those people, you know, that's the New York city marathon. They want to train. They want to know when it's going to be, they know how to train. They've been doing it for nine years. They want to do the qualifier. It's an experience. Um, it's why they, a lot of them CrossFit. It's why they train 12 months. So we have to remember those things, um, in all our decisions. And I think because of who we are, where we've been and our involvement for as long as it's been in the space, you talk about guys like Dylan, we get it. Like we love CrossFit too. We like to compete. So we know um, that these are careful, hard decisions and they affect a lot of people. Like, you know, you're a judge um, at the games, you know, you look forward to that every year. Like that's a big, I, you know, I know you adore it. You do a great job at it, you know? So that's, um, you know, they like us, you know, have to think of you, you know, and, you know, what's the effect in your travel and scheduling, you know, what else will be going on? There's so many things to think about. And I, all I know is we're making really careful, strong decisions to, to make sure that all parties, volunteers, partners, athletes, um, you know, are all sort of able to, you know, shift and be a part the way that they best want to be a part of those things. Well, I think you're doing, you know, great job. You're taking care of really the country, you're doing the right thing for the country. And I think 
Yeah, like you've mentioned, something that's overlooked. I took, I got really sad for the college community. You know, I, I grew up wrestling and I can't imagine what it was like to have your senior season cut short. I mean, for that's, you know, all they train for in CrossFit, Matt and Tia will survive. They'll keep training. But for some people, that's it. They're done competing after that. And, you know, you just saw the Olympics got pushed back a year. You yeah. know, it's like you're trying to peak. You're working so hard for years and years to peak at this date, only to get a push back. At least they know in advance, but so many moving parts, I'm sure. And I think that's a lot of what we want to talk about right now. One thing you alluded to is how strong and supportive the CrossFit community is. And I want to hear about what you're launching. I know you have a, a big call that happened yesterday, but I want to hear about where things are going and, and what you guys are working on for the CrossFit community and the, and the world at large. Yeah, thanks. I, I think, you know, um, our Granite Games qualifier, so we call that the IOQ because there was other, uh, IOQ too, there was, you know, three or four other events that participated in it. So there's just like a hub qualifier for multiple sanctional events. It was supposed to start Monday, um, this past Monday. We had postponed it two weeks and our immediate thought was like, hey, this isn't uh, low-hanging fruit. We've already had quite a bit of people register for it, thousands. Um, why don't we just shift all that money to donation at this point, 100%? And um, why don't we then put that out in, in the hopes that, you know, maybe, you know, 20, 30, 40,000 people sign up, you know, because it's not far-fetched. I mean, we know the Open's done 400,000. We know Waza's done tens of thousands, depending on the year, you know, 30, 40,000 at times. Um, so it's just, <clears throat> we were looking to do the right thing because the immediate reaction and, I think impact to uh, us who are CrossFitters was, you know, gym owners sort of panicked a little bit and freaked out like, Oh geez, this, the reality of this was setting in that like, geez, my gym's going to be closed and people might not want to pay. And, you know, we've tried to send that message and urge like, Hey, if you're able to continue to pay your membership, like you want that gym to be there when this is done. So that's going to kind of be what is required to help that. Um, talk to a lot of affiliate owners and I'm like, man, the gym saved me really, truly for me. Like, and I know that's not the case for everybody, but quite frankly, anybody who's been in this space for a bit and, and is called a CrossFitter, the gym's played a pretty um, big part in their lives. You know, it's got them uh, well or taught them um, discipline, you know, uh, you know, how to handle adversity when suffering. I mean, we, that's it's such a big understated piece of what we do, but think about relationships. Um, and then I look at industry, like I was an insurance salesman when I walked in that door and, you know, now I'm running a sports marketing agency in Miami with, you know, events and managing athletes and working with brands. And what I do, I get to do because I walked in a CrossFit gym. So, and at the time I did that, um, I had a lot going on in my life. You know, I was at about less than a year sober and, you know, sort of needed an addiction and some, some, some sort of, you know, something to latch onto. Um, and, you know, at the time, it just sort of was like a perfect storm for me. And it provided me a lot. I brought my kids up in that gym. Um, so I, you know, the immediate was like, shit, like, how can I, we watch these gyms shut their doors or struggle? We've got a big platform, let's raise money. And that kind of morphed, or, you know, Dylan and I were, you know, quickly running, like, let's do this, this is easy just shifting some focus and we'll get all the athletes. Maybe we'll do a live announcements. We'll make workouts for people to do in their living room. 
this will be badass. Uh, you know, we talked to Ben and Shane, Ben Bergeron, Shane Orr, Tia's husband, you know, program workouts for the living room. And like, we were running. And what, what really dawned on us over like, I'd say like the last week was, you know, we weren't thinking wide enough. Um, you know, I think we had a re we, and we still do with this thing, have a really big goal, a micro goal to support gyms and then even people and efforts, you know, related to the virus. You, know, you think of, you know, we're now affected with some deaths and, you know, can we support families? We've talked about scholarship and Giancarlo's name to support judges, professionalizing judges, travel for judges. But, you know, the lion's share, the big focus being, you know, hey, it, it, gyms in general, um, you know, we can really support gyms. And, you know, uh, you know, it's something, whether it's, you know, a, you know, a CrossFit affiliate or a studio, people um, use the gym for so many things, whether it's training for your sport or training for life. So the long and short of it is it's morphed into this idea that we think we can get people to move to, we can introduce the world to what we do. Cause I think there's nothing more relevant uh, or sorry, there's nothing more universal right now um, than doing an air squat or a burpee. You know, it doesn't matter if you speak Chinese, French, Spanish, or English, you know, you can lay down and get up, you know, you can squat, um, so, you know, it doesn't matter language, religion, or location, you know, awesome. You know, we have these awesome tools like YouTube and Instagram where instead of thinking about two, three, four million, I think we can really inspire billions of people to move. Like we, you know, we're united under one thing right now for the first time. in I think history, which is we're all stuck in our damn house and can't do much. Um, that's universal. doesn't matter where you are for the most part. And I think over the next two weeks, that could truly be the case with some pretty strong regulation on that everywhere. So we want to move people. We want to unite people in movement. That's really it. And we think we can raise a lot of money in the process. And we think, um, you know, we can impact people's mental and physical health through this process, which is really, you know, the primary goal, the important piece and achieve some cool stuff and let people know how badass our community is in the process. Cause I think, we all have a little chip on our shoulder about that. And I think, you know, we get <clears throat> some interesting PR in the market about, you know, dangerous, rough, like, well, sh you know, I think it's a good time for us to show like what you and I might be doing right now to get through this, which is I'm just doing burpees and I'm lucky enough to have rowers and bikes and stuff, but I'm not, you know, doing anything my mom can't do or my neighbor can't do. And that's CrossFit. Right. So we're going to try to change, change the world. I think, you know, that, that's the goal. Well, yeah, and it's funny you mentioned that because, yeah, for the first time, I mean, my wife and I are working out in our extra bedroom. We have a handful of dumbbells and kettlebells. You know, back home, we've got a whole setup, but right now we're limited. And I think one thing I've said to box owners is when we get out of this, this is going to open a lot of people's eyes to what they really need in the fitness world. You know, sure, the Matt and Tia of the world on the poster need to do a few hours, but I think a lot of people are going to realize, hey, you know, this thing is really just about moving for 20 or 30 minutes a day, getting me off my couch and making me a healthier human being. So with all that being said, how can people find out more about this? How can they help? How can they spread the word? Yeah, I know so, a lot of that's still to come. Yeah, no, it will. So that's a great question. Uh, we're going to have a website. We're going to build social handles. I don't think you're going to have a hard time figuring out what's going on because our... Um, our plan is once, but you know, today's done, 
is to have, you know, touched, you know, yesterday we had a call with like 500 brands, you know, and it's agnostic. You know, we have competing brands like Ramad and Goad saying, I'm all in, you know, let's work together. You know, it's beautiful like that. And, and that's the way we want it. Um, because it's not about anything but 100% of, you know, the, this stuff going to the people that need it, gyms that need it. So um, I think, you know, we're, we're planning a pretty impactful launch with uh, brands, athletes, media outlets, uh, influencers, you know, that will be uh, sanctioned events, which are, you know, cast, you know, cast a very wide net. Um, we're all going to post at once. And, you know, if you, you know, I think, I think like virtually try to virtually shake, you know, social with it and, um, you know, and like a little bit of a fire festival approach. Uh, trust me, we're not trying to achieve anything or not achieve things that, that, uh, uh fire festival did, but we're, um, you know, I don't have anything direct now, but trust me, if you go to, you know, Matt, Tia, you know, any of the sanctioned events, Katrin, you know, you name an athlete that we work with or don't. Rich, you know, I've spoken to him. He's going to get involved, Josh Bridges. We're going to talk to him all today. You'll know what's going on. You'll be able to figure it out. But it'll be called United in Movement. Um, we're going to go 24 hours live starting uh, Friday, the 3rd of April, I think is that, that Friday. That night into Saturday night, we'll, um, we'll, we'll create a fun platform for our space, by the way. So, you know, in the general, you know, being general, but also, you know, creating a, a fun week for people that love to CrossFit, right? So Ben Bergeron and, and uh, Shane Orr have written workouts that we can generalize, but we are also going to make fun for people that CrossFit and want to CrossFit and can do it in their living room. And I saw them last night. The workouts are freaking amazing. And uh, we're going to put a leaderboard up so that CrossFitters, people that want to compete can compete as well. We'll do announcements. So like Friday night, uh, workout will be announced and some athletes will do it so you can see what it looks like, sort of open announcement-esque. Um, and uh, from there, we'll just continue to come live on a daily basis. So that 24 hours will also be a fundraising opportunity. We'll do like a YouTube telethon. Um, and then uh, your registration, you'll have an ability to donate. And then every night we'll go live for a couple hours with an announcement of a new workout and give you know people opportunities to you know, show the world how to move and inspire them to move. So it might be this hardcore open announcement with the workout that we'll do and breathe fire through. And, you know, maybe we'll have um, somebody in the space put the, the general public through a uh, boiled down version or get people to move. You know, we are, we're in the almost perfectly flushed out phase, but that's the structure. It's going to be seven days of fun and fitness and fundraising. That's awesome. And I think, <clears throat> for me, the struggle is just finding the workouts. You know, my wife sifts through Instagram, pulls out the ones she likes, which are often not the ones I like, like maybe include some outdoor running or lots of, you know, movements that I'm not good at. So it'd be nice to just have something that I can follow. I think that's kind of what the the community is missing. A lot of boxes went online and that's great. But for a lot of people, it's just like, hey, just tell me what to do tomorrow and I can do right. that. So I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to that. So we it basically, if you're listening to the show, most likely you follow somebody that's going to post something is what you're saying. I'll send it to you. You know, you can, yeah, um, well let us help you as well. Yeah. You'll have the info, you know, you're going to hop on the call with us uh, today to, to understand it a little better. So yeah. Um, people will trust me though. You know, if you follow me, um, 
you know, you'll, you'll be able to see it. If you follow Matt Fraser, you'll be able to see it. If you follow Wadapalooza, you'll be able to see it, um, you know, uh, you know, anywhere that is attributed to what we do. I would assume brands, um, you know, all the brands are in. We had such an uplifting call with brands yesterday. Um, every call inspires me to another level and, and you know, uh, you know, clears my delusion, my um, delusion on this. You know, I, I think you have to be delusional to be successful no matter what. I think that's a, a prerequisite, but it's uh, the clarity is coming through the, <clears throat> you know, and I believe in it and I'm pitching it hard to people and I do believe in it. And I think that's helpful for them to invest because they believe in me and us. But, you know, after that call with the brands, just, it was just the next level, like hundreds of emails and, and texts, like, let's go. You, 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 you're so on point. We're with you. Thank you for doing this. Somebody has to do this. Like it's um, complete compliance is my point. Like I have not had one person and we've talked to hundreds of people say, Hmm, I don't know. I got something else going on or I'm going to do my own thing or like that. You know, and I don't like it. Literally, everybody's just said 100%. What do you need? So that's where I think it won't be hard to find because everyone's going to be in on it, and it's going to be super fun. <clears throat> yeah, it's one. Of, it's one of those times where you can't really make an excuse. People keep reaching out, and like I did to you for this podcast. I'm like, hey, I know you. you we're all busy. Don't get me wrong, but I also know you're home. Yeah, so, <clears throat> I'm happy to. By the way, don't ever feel bad about reaching out. I'm always happy to do these things, especially with you. So well, appreciate that. I. I hope people find it. Fern and I are going to take an active role in it. I'll talk to you offline about what we can do, but I want to ask you, I want to switch gears to a personal question. Mm -hmm. I don't think I've ever asked you this. You know, you walk into, what was the first CrossFit you walked into? Uh, so North Shore CrossFit in, in Danvers, Mass. So Dave That's and Tara Picardi. That's a Picardi. Dave and Tara, oh, Tara Picardi. Okay. Um, <clears throat> they were like uh, affiliate 31 globally. Um, yeah, yeah, they came off of Ben's box. Did they come off of uh, New England no, or Milford? No. So he trained uh, with Neil uh, Thompson at Boston, Boston and now right. Neil Neil runs his gym. So now Neil runs CrossFit North Shore CrossFit because he, Neil sold his gym to to James and James, Austin. Yeah. So, so he, he he but Dave trained with James at CrossFit Boston before James ended up out to CrossFit New England. So it's kind of like the beginning stages of this, you know. You have a funny story. Before you did that with Matt, you know, in 2013, Neil did that. 2009, the first year there were these sectionals, Neil and I ran them together along with David Osorio from South Brooklyn. We ran it in the parking lot of Albany CrossFit. And he comes up I'm to there. me, brings me this young James Hobart, you know, look like he's in 11th grade, like late for geometry class. <laughs> and he's like, this kid's going to, this kid's going to win. And I'm looking at him. And I'm like, what is Neil talking about? Lo and behold, he wins. Did so, he win that sectional? He he won, and I mean, never, he took off ever since then. I mean, he went yeah. from that to the championship team team with New England, going back again with other teams. But he's so my freak. question, yeah. yeah, he still is, right? My question yeah. to you: You walk into North Shore as you know someone that's maybe just beginning their recovery. Yeah, right? well, I was like a year sober, but so, you know, it was just you know it was time to get fit. Yeah. A year sober, um, a, a pretty steady job as an insurance salesman. Yeah. What? Well, when was the light bulb moment for Matt O'Keefe that was like, I'm getting out of this and I'm going headlong into this? Like, it, there must have been a period of time between that and you walking up to me with Matt Frazier. 
Yeah, it's uh, it's a that's a great question. It's honestly, it's one of those scenarios where you know, when I was a kid, I fell in love with baseball, and you know, I've fallen in love with golf and football, like whatever it was that I continued to you know undyingly apply my time to. I literally walked in there, <clears throat> did my baseline. Coach Raff, I'll never forget, couldn't do 10 pull-ups at the end with a purple band or the green band, like, the, you know. Which is pretty thick. The thickest right? band and uh, was, like, pretty much, like, okay, that's a challenge. And I was ungodly sore off of that. Came in for my next workout, and it was seven minutes of burpees for 12.1. And oh, so, so that was right. Okay. 12.1, right? Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, right around then. Yeah, I remember that workout yeah. doing it. So that was literally the time I walked in. And for me, in in my history, I think it was it was um, a beautiful way for me to be introduced to CrossFit because I played Division One sports, and I've I've I, like no matter what, like then I got out of college and I immediately transferred that to you know how I golfed. You know, I tried to you know qualify for you know amateur events, the U.S. amateur. You know, I took my golf as far as I could at the time so you know I've always like applied my um, life to some sort of competitive sport you know and and at the time you know I still loved golf and by the way at the time I was still competing a ton I, I was like ah, maybe I'll get like better and stronger and fitter and hit the ball longer and be better for golf I was hooked um, to the point where you know Dave Picardi the owner who, who became a really good friend you know, was literally like the, the the biggest challenge. And I think you as a gym owner know this, like early on when people were coming in, the biggest challenge was like, how do we make them work out less? You know, mm -hmm. because people were just like, I want to do it twice a day volumes. And back then too, right? 13, 12, you know, Rich is prominent and everybody's looking at the volume he's doing. Nobody knows anything about this as a sport. So everybody's like, okay, I just need to work out all day. You know? Yeah. More is better. <clears throat> yeah. And so, you know, that, that I was hooked is the point and I competed at ECC on a team that first year that I was at in Boston where Rich came and I was on I was in the heat with him with my team you know so I was like sort of chasing that side of it and then um you know I I, I loved it and um you know I'm entrepreneurial I was in a family business kind of you know was having a hard time taking a bump to do something on my own I you know, bridge that with, you know, some very good friends hired me after uh, I moved from the auto business, the family business to insurance. And I honestly, and it <clears throat> phenomenal people, phenomenal business, a company that I work for, but it, I was like dying inside selling insurance because I just wasn't passionate about the product. So it wasn't good for me. And it probably wasn't good for them. I mean, I was doing a good job, but <clears throat> I was do you have the, by the way, do you have the coronavirus? No, my throat's dry. I've literally been like talking for 15 hours a day. So I just want to make anybody, sure. I don't if know if I do, get if it I like do nobody else is getting it because I've been stuck <laughs> in my house for five days. Um, but the, uh, you know, I was in my mind underperforming under, um, you know, I wasn't proud of myself in terms of what I was doing. It was time. Like, and I just, I, I it was like, not, I didn't, I wasn't, gaining or using the, the stones to like get out and bet on myself. And I, you know, the, the CrossFit gym inspired me to do that. I just saw, you know, people, whether I went to these like little competitions and these little companies and people were just like happy and, you know, they were like, oh, things are going great. My business is growing. And like sort of now me being a consumer in the market, seeing these companies and like, I can do this. And so I started Redline, you know, I 
was, you know, a name that I thought was cool for the space. And, you know, I dove in like I do everything, like, you know, probably too much. And it was great. Redline was a huge success quick. Um, and I think, By the you know, way, those are still some of my favorite shorts. My wife, every time I put them on, is like, you got to throw those out. Just- <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't. I can replace them. I still have some. Trust me. They're just so comfortable. Like, they and are. They, you sweat in them and it just like <clears throat> falls it's like a bathing suit almost you know so like you don't get all sticky. those are my bath those are my bathing suits i, I absolutely but they yeah. they yeah they that that was um that that really that moment that brand that experience just convinced me that you know um no matter what happens, no matter how things go, you know, I'm always going to be okay. So it was, you know, the gamble on myself, the bet on myself there worked from the, you know, no matter what the long term result of that was going to be, I learned that how to start, how to do it, you know, how to, you know, restart, you know, and it, it's not that complex and it's just passion, doing things you're interested in and believing in yourself. And the rest for me was history on that. Like, that's how I started being an agent. But you saw me, um, you know, in that 13. So that was the 14 regional. You know, that was sort of like the coming out party for Redline at the time. Like, we went to the event set up and, you know, Matt was wearing the clothing. Matt was burst on the scene. Everybody on the floor was wearing our clothing. And, like, I literally, like, I came out of that, like, what is going on? Like, this is crazy. This brand's popping. People around the world are now ordering on the website. And, you know, that was, uh, that weekend that you're talking about was really, I think, the moment that I, like, really realized that um, I'm in this for the long haul. Like, I, you know, and even at the time, it was like, there was a lot going on with Matt and I. Like, Matt was getting interest from brands. and he was asking me the question I was not even, you know, close to his manager or agent at the time. That's just a relationship that developed properly over time. And, um, but you know, quickly then I just started doing a little of that for him. And I believe it was uh, granite games. Funny enough, now that we own and operate it where I met <clears throat> Brooke Entz, um, and Matt competed and she had said to him, like, you know, he had done his Nike deal at the time, I believe. And, and, um, you know, I was able and fortunate enough to be a part of that. And, and she was like, Hey man, like who's doing all this stuff for you? Like you got some good stuff going on. And, and Matt has been like my biggest, best salesman. And he was like, dude, just talk to this guy over here. He'll take care of you. And born my agent career, you know? Um, I mean, he, I born my agent career with him, but you know, that was when it became, so, you know, a viable business was that he was, you know, people would call him and look respected what he was doing as a brand and who he was associating with. And he'd just say, listen, I don't deal with this shit. Go call Keith, you know? And, um, you know, so that grew and, you know, here we are today. It's been crazy. Two years ago, joined forces with these guys in Miami loud and live and we got a bunch of events and we're having a blast, you know? I hope everybody that's listening is taking from this just, some of these small steps is, you know, right now you've got nothing else to do. You can be working on yourself. Like I think something you said that I really try to push people. I, w- I always refer to it when it comes to like a breakup, you know, we've all been in a breakup where like my life is over. I'm never going to recover. I'll never find Mr. Right or Mrs. Right. I'm like, you got 40 years of a track record showing me you're going to be okay. True. Why all of a sudden do you feel like this trend is going to change? And something you said in there is, as an entrepreneur, I think one thing we always cling to is like, 
we're going to be okay and we're going to figure it out. And sometimes it just takes a head down and grind. Of course, attaching yourself to the right person at the right time never, never hurts. One thing I remember from that specific regional, this is when I was like, okay, O'Keefe isn't crazy. There was a chipper. I forget what it was, but I remember watching Matt run across the field, looked up at the camera and smiled. I don't know if you remember that moment. Like I just vividly remember it. And I'm like, that dude's going to be really freaking good. And I think oh, that was the year he came in uh, second to Rich. It is. Um, yeah, that was his first yeah. year at the games. I do remember that moment. Uh, I remember a lot of that there. It was a long chipper, right? It was like 50 reps or something. And he was crossing the field. And he looked, and there's a big camera at Reebok. And mm-hmm. I can see him because I was up close smiling. And then behind him, see the video of him smiling. And I was like, that's an epic moment right there. Yeah, there was, I think, like dips and burpees and stuff. Yes. Like box, but yeah, he, he, it's – um. Yeah, I do remember. Yeah, that's um, I I I would say in in support of what you're saying is is that, you know, and I've been asked this a lot lately. Uh, is you know I've never focused on um any you know what the what the accomplishment is. So some people might say like the goal is financial or to achieve something. Uh, you know whether it's recognition, notoriety. You know, certainly my position's always been the behind the curtain um i've become more public lately um obviously you know i'm getting you know you know the athletes i work with wave my flag and i'm very grateful for that it isn't necessary but you know obviously with the events so i just you know i've always sort of it's always been about the work is my point and i think it is even for when you look at guys like matt and t and katrin and you know all those guys it's just you know they focus so much in the day and the work and what they can control um and i've learned a lot about that with them through them you know us together that it's the same for us in business it's just you know one foot in front of the other do the work work hard uh control what you can control on on the day you know don't get caught up in i want to be famous or i want to make a lot of money or you know i want people to recognize my work because those are all blocks and um hurdles to uh that that get in the way of you know the the micro approach that needs to be taken to growing a brand or doing you know good work for whatever movement you're involved in you know our team you know everybody we work with at loud and live sports buys into that um it's really important to me and to, to my business partners and uh you know, that's, you know, like Wadapalooza isn't about me. It isn't about Dylan. It isn't about Nelson and Marco, my partners. Wadapalooza is about Wadapalooza and that spirit and, you know, that fitness community life, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's what we buy into. And I think that's my point is, is, is that entrepreneurs are those that are entrepreneurial in spirit and looking to take that bump. It's, you know, one foot in front of the other, you know, start the snowball with, with the, uh, you know, start the snowball with, you know, the, the small snowball and just work daily on growing that and rolling it and, you know, continue, work hard. You know, it's cliche HWPO. I, Matt, that's Matt's thing, right? It, it, that's true. It's just work your ass off, control what you control daily. And uh, that shit pays off in the end. I promise you. It doesn't like no work, no deed like that um, goes unnoticed and unrewarded. Yeah, I think that's a perfect way to wrap this up. You you nailed it. Hard work pays off and, and do the work. And I love what you're saying. Control what you can control. If you look at any great entrepreneur, and most likely if you're listening to this, someone you look up to, they all give out the same advice for a reason. Whether it's, I've heard it from you, I've heard it from Ben, I've heard it from some of the best in the world. And 
you know, Matt O'Keefe in 2013 walked into North Shore CrossFit, couldn't do pull-ups with a green band, and here he is hanging out representing the fittest on earth, you know, and doing so much good stuff. It's a, it's an honor to have you on the show, as always. It's a pleasure to talk to you, and I'm look. hopefully you get over the coronavirus or whatever you got going on. <laughs> Don't spread that rumor, please. <laughs> I'm fine. I'm fine. I literally have, I, 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 for the last five days, six days, because this idea continues to snowball, it's been me 15 hours a day doing this, um, you know, telling that story over and over again, talking to people, trying to get people involved in this. So I'm pretty sure I'm about like, you know, Saturday night at Waza where I can't speak Sunday at Waza. So that's about where I'm at. My voice is about to crack. So All right. I feel well, great. I'll let you go. I'll talk to you offline. Fern and I, speaking on behalf of Fern, we'll do everything we can. You know, we're obviously a big part of the CrossFit affiliates and, and want to help out. So whatever Great. we can do, we will do. Um, and, and thanks for everything you're doing for the community. I think this is like a lot of people realizing it's a great opportunity to feel sorry for yourself or it's a great opportunity to get out there and make a difference. Well, thank you. And thanks for all you do. Keep charging, dude. And uh, yeah, we'll be in touch. I'd love to, to have you guys uh, jump in and support and help raise some money with us. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback, we are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.